It's life on life's terms. What's up, everybody? We're back. The Life on Life's Terms podcast, and I'm Tom Robinson, a grateful recovering addict. Uh, we're here at a New Way Recovery Center in Quincy, Massachusetts. Yes, we are. And Live! And we are not affiliated with any 12-step program. program. Thank you. But we do. We, we have benefited um, from them, from Great, them and we are advocates for them yes but we are not affiliated that's right so that basically you know what i mean they are not responsible for anything said here yes these are our opinions um and our experience uh right very nice so we are just getting back into the swing of things here um my name is chris mandeville i'm a uh recovered heroin addict um so like Tom said, we're here at the New Way Recovery Center. They just reopened recently. Um, they have in-person meetings here. They have a, a max capacity of 20 people. That includes staff. So uh, if you're looking for meetings, you can go. I'm sure they have the, the website. Um, or you could stop in and grab a calendar. It tells you everything that uh, is going on. And, yeah. Um, great place. And, and you know, they kind of like... They've, they wanted us to come back here. We've been doing this from here for over two years. Yeah, two and, and a half years, uh, but take out the three and four months that we weren't doing. Yeah, so, you know, they they appreciate us being here, and we appreciate them letting us use the space. We had to switch rooms. Yeah, we got a so new room. So Look it's at a this whole, tapestry. Yeah, it's a whole different, uh, Very nice tapestry. Whole different yeah. feel in here now. Just, like, little quotes and signs and stuff and plants. Right. And <laughs> I think I'm going to kill this. It's, uh, it's pretty good. Um, so tonight we have... Uh, uh, Roy Morse, um, he went through the same treatment center that me and Tom went through, and like I remember, um, it was Project Turnabout when it was in Hingham. Uh, I remember like you coming back, still you know, plugged into the yeah, house. plugging into the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the, I had forgotten? What was that. the what was the black guy that came back that started the the hood cleaning business? I don't remember. Uh, Ted Fincher? I don't know. He was a great guy, too. Like, uh-huh. like seeing people co- that had graduated a program and, okay. and um, stayed sober. And stayed sober. Like, that was huge. Coming back. Yeah. Yeah. That was huge it for, was nice. for me because I had never been in treatment. Yeah. I, I did uh, 30 days of Bridgewater and got high like six hours after I was out of there. <laughs> so I didn't learn anything. Um, didn't think that I had a problem. But swore up and down I would never do it again. Yeah. Uh, so... How did you end up at Project Turnabout? Uh, first, I want to say the New Wave Recovery Center is pretty awesome. Um, yeah. I had Thanksgiving here, Chris, last Yeah, last you were telling me that. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah, the young pastor was out in the parking lot cooking turkey. Past, was it Pastor Aaron? His young guy is just... Cooking turkey in the parking lot. Yeah, was that a, was that a was deep awesome. fried turkey? Yeah, it was oh, awesome. Oh, there's nothing better. And I come in here, and I mean, I had plans with my kid's grandmother and everything. It was just a great day, and having eaten with 30 people but uh yeah, how cool. i found turnabout was um i needed some help uh I, I greatly greatly needed some help and a guy 
from my neighborhood ended up getting out and helping himself and uh, come back to the neighborhood. I mean, he got a good job. He got married with a girl on the program, had a couple of kids, and was coming back to the neighborhood, you know. And So he left and then got sober somewhere and came back and was an example. Yeah, and uh, he's still sober today over 30 years. And very good example, very good friend. Um, but how, how him and my sister ended up helping me was, um, unfortunately, folks, I, you know, I was in such a... Uh, a bad space and I hated myself and I was thinking of checking out and um, that's like where I was at that's where this thing took me you know I yeah, just felt like uh, such a scumbag about myself and everything oh. in life just becomes so overwhelming and you can't see any light nah, was just, you know especially if you don't know what to do I was just a good person you know I was always a good person even when I was ripping running ripping people off and kind of being a scumbag I, I actually was like a you know a good kid you know but I just felt so horrible about myself, and uh, no, despair. I, I, I learned years and years later where my massive amount of addiction actually came from, and we'll probably get into that tonight. Um, you know where it where it really stems from, but I uh, how I how I got to turnabout was is pretty wild. Uh, when my parents were together, my family was intact, and I was on the baseball diamond down in the Weymouth Landing. I uh, had lots of friends. It was a pretty good upbringing, you know, pretty good little athlete, you know, whatever. And yeah. uh, when my parents got divorced, my mother moved us to low-income housing. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Well, one of my friends from the landing had, you know, he was kind of doing some of the same stuff that we did, and he ended up in Plymouth County. And, uh, okay, Plinth County Jail. What what happened was this is how I this is how I even found out that there was a turnabout out there. Uh, Kenny L was uh, paroled from Plymouth County to Project Turnabout in lieu of doing a long bid. Right, got right. paroled there and got a good deal, and he did the right thing. And what happened was Kenny was in turnabout. He was going to meetings, and he was at a meeting in North Weymouth. Um, and my sister was doing the right thing, and she was at a meeting. Your sister is one of us as well. My sister is one of us, and they met, and I believe that, not that it's all about me, but I believe that that happened for me because I'm not quite sure where either one is in, in their journey right now. But Right. Every, everything but happened exactly the way it was supposed for a reason. to. I, I, yeah. know that I, I believe that the big guy upstairs says, I got to throw Roy a bone here, right. and this is how I found it. Because uh, I used to play street hockey in them bunkers in the woods out by Turnabout. Never knew there was a program there because it was, like, positive. Right, <laughs> yeah, If they right. sold heroin there, I would have known. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. like if they sold weed there or whatever, I would have known. But so um, what happened was Kenny and Judy, she's like, oh, my God, uh, Kenny, how you doing? He's like, oh, great, Judy, hey, what's up? I haven't seen you in so long. Hey, how's Roy doing? She goes, oh, Kenny, he's he's hurting. Uh you know, he, he needs some help. He, she goes, how are you doing? He goes, he says, good. I got parole from Plymouth. I'm at this place down down, down the street in Hingham called Project Turnabout. You got to tell Roy to get there. That's how I found out about Turnabout. Yeah, Somebody wow. else was in a bad way, got a good deal, got to go to a men's treatment facility, and was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And my sister met them, and it was just like, oh, my God. Now, was it my godfather, John Barney? director at that point john bonnie was one of the directors at yeah, that yeah. point um, he's, he's passed away I, he was a great guy he was my he? godfather that's how i got ah, great guy i uh i found out that my 
one of my aunts had worked there a very long time ago too. Wow. Yeah, Donna Hanrahan. Wow. It's just wild. Yeah, crazy. Uh-huh. And and very similar to the way that you got there. I was in Plymouth, heard a kid talking about the place, got the buzz in my ear. Yeah. And started asking about it. And, you know, there was mixed reviews from people in jail, of course. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I, I shared a little bit a lot about of work this last to do, year. So yeah, you, you don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or or there's rules. You don't want to go there. Yeah. Um, right. But ironically, you talk about playing hockey in those bunkers, street hockey. The kid that <laughs> mentioned the program ended up murdering someone in those bunkers. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's why they destroyed them. That's why wow. they took them down. Yeah. Wow. I remember when they came to Turnabout looking for. Wow. They were like. We know someone from this place. Yeah, I was in. The, I was in there at the, the second time when they came. When yeah. I was like, I went in there through it with him, and then when I was in there the second time, that kid who was in there with us the first time, yeah, it was from Hingham, and he was ripping and running, and he was out there and they killed somebody in the bunker, and wow. the cops, yeah, Chopper kept coming around, coming around, and I, and I think you were in there. I think uh, Jimmy Altig might have been in there at that time, and. Um, John McNally might have gone back a John, second time. Yeah, John was in just there. so people know yeah. these bunkers were ammunition depot bunkers. Yeah, and the part in the turnabout was actually in, in officers' quarters. Yes, yeah, like back in you know. Yeah. So, I mean, these bunkers weren't just bunkers built for nothing. I mean, that's exactly a, they know, were. They had they a purpose big, at one point. Yeah, cement buildings. Yeah, yeah. where they stored ammunition. So, so how my sister met Kenny? Okay, so now how how did I still find out about it? Well, when Johnny come by the house to check on me and I, and I was hurting he actually ruined many of my attempts at getting high by yeah. coming by and checking on me and he laughs about it to this day who's this johnny f you oh, know okay. johnny f yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, another oh, uh, love that another guy. member another one of us so uh judy my sister comes walking through the door one day right chris yeah minutes Minute, after minutes after i was thinking of checking out like like, this is how it happened to me. I'm in the basement of my mother's home. Yeah. You know, I made my, my bedroom down there. Now, there's a perfectly fine bedroom upstairs, but I chose the basement. You know, just think of that. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, exactly. It was like Maybe a dungeon. You could let people in and out, to, you know, to the bulkhead and stuff. So, just yeah. poor decisions. So, I just felt so horrible about myself. I, 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 was, I had woken up. It's like 2 in the afternoon, 88 degrees out, like July 1st or something. Beautiful day out. Well, I don't know if you caught that, but it was two in the afternoon. I was just getting up, <laughs> you know. Right. So that was like a regular day for me because of how I was behaving with my life, living. and and it was a beautiful day. So I I came upstairs and I just felt like such a loser. I uh, I remember I remember thinking like this, as clear as day. And this was twenty five years ago, folks. Clear as day. I come upstairs and I was like, the feelings were just hitting me. I knew I was just considering, contemplating suicide. And Mm -hmm. I come upstairs, I just felt so horrible about myself. And I started to, like, blame God. I I, I remember looking up and saying, it's kind of like, this is how I asked for help. This is how I got here. Not your typical way of asking for help, but this is how I got here. This is how I asked for help. I I had some court cases coming up, and they were going to run them concurrent. Nothing major, just a knucklehead that drove worrying more about who was behind me than who was in front of me and I would hit stuff. So <laughs> I, had a, I had a couple things coming up and I was dodging the PO and stuff. So 
I just felt so horrible about myself. I remember coming upstairs, beautiful day out, and I just felt like such a loser. And I was like, what do you want me to do now? And a tear rolls down my cheek. I hope I never forget that day mm. because it all yeah. started there. It all started there. I asked for help. Not your prototypical way of asking for help, but I was like, what do you want me to do now? And I swear, within 20 minutes, the answer came. My sister comes through the door, sober six months. Hey, hey, Roy, how, how you doing? And I remember her, her look was like, oh, Jesus. I just wasn't yeah, looking Yeah, because you sober. were sober. <laughs> I was, could I was, yeah. My eyes were something right. back in my head. And, right. and so she talked to me from, through the kitchen, through the living room. And, uh, and I, I was hurting. Now, now, Chris, I also know here comes the AA stuff. Yeah, right. You know, I had seen a Father Martin film in the military on an aircraft carrier. Oh, yeah. I seen a fa- my second Father Martin film back on the Navy base when we got back because those I, films only came in VHS. Yeah, I believe my addiction started <laughs> after some trauma at 18 years old down in Florida in the military. Mm. So I just started, you know, whatever. Uh, that that's where it really, really got sick and crazy. So that's why I told you that I was. I went to a NASAP, Naval Alcohol Substance Abuse Prevention Program, twice. So when it come time to get out of the service, they didn't offer me $16,000 to reenlist for four years. They said, you got two weeks of leave saved up. You can go now. <laughs> they let me out two weeks early and paid <laughs> yeah. me. And, yeah. and I embarrassed the whole country getting arrested in another country. You know, it's just smoking hash on a hill and we got caught. So. It was my first arrest. Um, Where were you, Amsterdam? No, Naples, <laughs> Naples Italy. They were, oh, for that just, they were following us. It was just, Italian we dead, hash. Dead to rights. It was yeah. really good Italian <laughs> hash. <laughs> so, so my sister comes walking through the door. It had to be 20 minutes. Within 20 minutes after me just basically asking that for honest, help. And that feeling, honest prayer. Just feeling that, so yeah, high that for moment myself, of clarity. That, I asked for help. Yeah. So she comes walking through the door, talking to me from the kitchen. And she says, hey, uh... Now, mind you, my mindset was I don't want to hear what she's got to say. It's going to be AA stuff, and I don't really want to hear it. But uncanny, I think the big guy also threw a bone because she ended up giving me some information that I did want to hear. And that was, hey, I seen Kenny L. the other day. I says, oh, yeah? Where? She says, at a meeting. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, whatever. And uh, she goes, he got paroled from Plymouth County, and he's at this place called Project Turnabout down in Hingamroy. You, you you should go there. And uh and I started to listen, but I also really didn't want to do any effort. I just wanted help. I didn't want to do any effort. What right. hap- what happened was uh <laughs> how how I got hooked was she started to talk about I said, What's this place like? She says, Well it's one of those kind of places where if somebody's looking for you, they wouldn't know you're there. They don't divulge that you're there. So mm. now I start listening. <laughs> so now I'm interested in what yeah, she's got to say. Can neither confirm nor yeah. deny. Yeah. That's, that's so, funny because I was just going to relate that during that murder investigation, they wouldn't let the police into the house. Oh, yeah. that's they brought problem. everybody into the big room. They it's said, everybody stay right here, and they need a warrant to get in here. Now, until we find out what's going on, nobody's going outside. That that happened. It happened when I was there, too. Um Billy. They were looking for. They were looking for Billy Stanley. Stanley, yeah, yeah. he he had the come feds. there. He screaming habit. I he remember was, that. I was, he was too. kicking like kung fu upstairs, <laughs> and like there was guys with black suits like on every corner of the building. Yeah. And it went on for a few hours, and he was like, "You know what? Fuck this." He's like, "I'm just gonna go out." Uh, I'll, I'll, and See Dan Dan Bolin was like, "You don't have to go out there." 
they're not coming in this place. Yeah. He's like, listen, I don't want to cause problems for anybody. Went, handled what he had to f- handle, and came back, like, not long after that and, and stayed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was a trip. It was a trip. So but that was in something you were interested in. Yeah, I, I was not interested in what my sister had to say. But until she talked about that I could basically hide out, right? then I started to listen. Hide so, from the world so, for so, a little while. So let me... Let me let the folks out there. I'm still sober till this day, and I actually, I asked for help without really thinking I was asking for help. Help came right away. Yeah. Uh, they talked about AA. I didn't want to hear it. And they talked about you can go to this program and hide out, and I'm still sober. Like, like I'm so lucky because yeah. I felt sorry for myself. I almost checked out. I didn't really want to hear about AA, and I also didn't want to do any work. It's like I'm so lucky, man. Yeah, exactly. Oh my like God. Here, I'm, I'm at 18. I could have missed this. Like I could have missed yeah. this, and and so easily during yeah. this whole 25, you could have pissed it away in a heartbeat. Because right. I've known I've you for a long like time, a and I know that shit hey, hasn't been easy. I've acted like a lunatic, and you know, I just didn't drink. You know? Yeah, uh, yeah, hasn't happened quite as much as it used to when I was using, but you know, uh, shit happens. Yeah. Life on life's terms. That's why yeah, we so named that, the podcast that's this. Is about. That's In why we named it that. Doesn't know when I seen your shirt, right? Yeah, Dumb yeah. Beach. Life on life's terms. I was like, wow, I like that, man. Oh yeah, we got to make some more uh, t-shirts. Yes. You got to make Roy Boy a t-shirt. Yeah, Give yeah. Me we're, yeah. we're gonna that's, make some more t-shirts. We talk, that's a yeah. fantastic name, guys. I could talk. Yeah, I could. He, he I'll talk to. I'll talk to my boy and see well, what we can do for a deal. Yeah, and anybody anybody out there who has any advice? You know what I want? T-shirts, man. I want hoodies. Yeah, hoodies, hoodies. Would be cool. Yeah, I want hoodies. hoodies. This is New England, man. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're wearing hoodies more than we're wearing t-shirts. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I'll be forever grateful for Project Turnabout, but my actions will show that. I can say that all I want. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm yeah. very grateful for Project Turnabout, but we'll see. And and that's that's the thing the the turnabout that I went through and that you went through and that Tom went through is a lot different now. You said you've been by there. Yeah. I, there's a nice walking path down there, and mm. I try to figure out, okay, where exactly was this building? That's like a, oh, you know, I went back there, and there's a there's a pole That's with a flag I, on it. Oh, okay. And I'm like, I'm wondering. I'm like, is that the old flagpole that was in front? Because there's a building be, not yeah. far oh, from really? that flagpole. Yeah, oh, no yeah I think I actually have a picture of it in my phone. It was it was me, Kristen, and Kinley. We went. We were walking through Bear Cove, and I'm oh, like, no I know the yeah, house was right cool. over here. Cool. I know it was. You remember that? Remember the when it snowed a lot? And we were people were doing backflips off. Dude, the jumping porch? off. We were jumping off the roof, <laughs> off the roof of the yeah, phone, the roof of where the, the phone crew was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into the snow, we had to shovel from the front of the building up to the road because someone plowed. The road they came down off a of beal and down to us. I think they would, yeah. but they then would, they would do like one sweep around the house. They would, do they would no, not this storm. No. They couldn't even get around the house. <laughs> yeah. It was bananas. Yeah. They, it yeah, dumped like that. four feet of snow, three or four feet of snow. That was <laughs> back in two thousand two. My big brother Gary Bellevue was out there with the blow, with the snowblower for hours, just Gary, isolating, yeah. just oh yeah, the snowblower. <laughs> hey, he ended up he ended up over at Milky's house, didn't he? Did he really? That yeah. kid's house, yeah. Because no I think he, I think he started talking to his mom or something. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Snowblower at turnabout. Oh, the duties. Yes, yeah, yeah. scrubbing toilets. And but the floor. but you had someone did everything. 
There was yep. people that cooked for you. There we, was people that cleaned for you. There we was took care that, of the house. Exactly. The we residents. ran the house. Yep. Ran that house. And yep. and that's that's what I think facilitated it. I think that's right. what's right. missing in a lot of the treatment nowadays. Yeah, right. there's still an us and them. There's like an us yes. and them. You're not part of us. Of pride, You're though, one of too, them. You know? I, mean, you know what I mean, ours ours was almost like some of the private pays now. Like there's a lot of private pay treatment centers. Yeah. Um, the only thing that that Turnabout didn't have back then was actual twelve step, like going through the steps. I mean, we right. had step meetings come in, and we had all that stuff. And we had counseling, and we had you know. Yeah, because Turnabout, and, and we would great. go step one, step two, step three, go back to step one, step two, step three. There was guys in the house. Yeah. Doing the twelve steps. Right. Right. But there was people Turned that would come in and work with you. Just went step one, step two, step yeah. three, back to step yeah. one. You know, I remember it as like, actually both times I was there, as like the hardest time of my life and the best time of my life. It's like unforgettable right. experience. Right. You now how cool I mean? it is to still to see you guys. <laughs> you, know, know. you know what I mean? I hey, know. hey, let's, you know, let's not get morbid here, but guys... A lot of people There's not many it. left. There's a yeah. lot of guys in between us, man. That just aren't mm-hmm. here, uh-huh. you know, and it's yep. sad. There's, there's children that don't have their dads. Listen, you know right. I mean? there's yeah, there's people that reached out to me to get the people I went through the programs, children in the program. Yeah, and yep. and have done okay. Yeah, you know, mm. it, was, it was a special place, man. It, yeah, <laughs> it was emotional. You, hey, it was you, emotional. you remember? You remember the metal door? Yeah, from, from the office going into it, the lounge. This was a military building. Yeah, so, I know. so when when they were shutting that place down, I had my OJ Bronco. They had clear cut I from your they had they clear cut from the house all the way to the water. You could see everything. Yeah. I I bombed around that place in my Bronco. <laughs> I was four wheeling everywhere, and then they had a, a a closing meeting, like the last closing. Yeah, yeah. And yep, I was there. I said. uh one ones plug in, and they're like, "What?" I said, "See that door?" They said, "Yep." I said, "Take it off and put it in that white truck outside." You know what? And I, I took that door. So for them out there, it's like eighty pounds of steel. If, if turnabout meant something to you and you wanted a piece of this building, it, the building's coming down. Yep, the, the exactly. Property, the property right now, they must make a million dollars a month in income. Or yeah. let's leave turnabout there to help save twenty nine addicts. I mean, yeah, right, right. right. So well, that's kind of like where it was. The property I'm, was worth but so much. From, the, uh, the from what I understand, fire drill paper. I took the, the floor I took plan. the fl- I took the uh, the clock in the main room where we had all the meetings. Yep. The clock that I was so sick of looking at at yeah. every meeting. Like, oh, <laughs> I, I believe, I believe that there was a um, contingency that that place wasn't to be sold, but somehow they got, got around it. They got around it. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was supposed to remain because I now I live in Hull, down the end of Hull in the gut is the original turnabout and that wow, building really? still stands. It was a co-ed treatment center. I remember you saying this last yeah the last, last podcast yeah. with the the mayor and yeah if you were an alcoholic back in the day, uh, they would let them drink. I mean yep. it was about saving heroin addicts from dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know yeah if you were a drug addict they you were coming still back from alcohol. Vietnam like in. Bad shape. Yep. You know? yeah. Crazy. And, uh, so crazy. So <laughs> pretty wild. You could drink and turn about. Wow. So how long were you there for, Roy? I think it was four days shy of a year. When I got there, it wow. was nine to 18 months long. 
And yeah. uh, there were guys that did longer than me, and there was guys. That, yeah, there was, there was guys that skated through too. There was a there was yeah. a, the guy that I met in Plymouth. His his name was um, Mike Michael Stapleton, and he was there twenty four months, I believe. Yeah, it's wow. a long time, man. But yeah. I'll tell you what, I I look at it as like an investment, and I'm not good with money, folks. But I invested a year of my life, and I've already been paid back. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, yeah. and I, it's funny, I was watching interventions back on they got new seasons oh, and this girl it triggers me they were like yes though, this girl was like i gotta do six months and i'm like you don't even know six months is like a blink You're, yeah boom six just think about it now like you were just talking 16 years old your son yeah. like stop yeah. Yeah. like <laughs> how long does this it don't seem like 16 years, right? No. Flew by. Yeah. And I think about my beginning, right? I had a hard time at the beginning, guys. I had a freaking punk mouth. I wasn't listening. Yeah. Leslie Kent ran the place, and I hated her at the time because she was tough on me. She actually right. said, you know, pack your stuff and screw. I was like, what? She said, pack your stuff and screw. You don't want to be here. I says, yeah, I do. She says, no, you don't. Yeah, right. We don't Call, even know they you. They called Roy. you out. So we don't even know you, really. We know your name. You haven't yep. shared one thing. I was just so... I don't know. I didn't know how to closed put, and put, afraid. Well, I didn't know how to put uh, a feeling like I, I didn't know what to call this stuff going on. Inside. That's why they had that sheet. Yeah, with they, the faces. Listen, that's exactly yeah. what happened to me. As I tell this story, uh, Dan, <laughs> she she hammered me in front of the other twenty eight guys. Yeah, she oh, sa- yeah. she says. She says she, she's kind of putting me out there in front of everybody, like yeah. screw. And I was like, whoa, whoa. So you know, the tough guy. Multi- now, I'm, now I'm starting to whimper a little bit. No, I want to be here. She's like, no, right, you right. don't. Screw. You haven't shared one thing. We don't even know you. Who are you? What do you tell tell us about yourself. And I didn't know how to talk about myself. I didn't know how to talk about these feelings. I was just Joe, tough guy with the gangster mm. mouth, and I was a punk, you know. Yeah. So how she got me was. She says, uh, how does that make you feel? I just embarrassed you in front of everybody. How does that make you feel? I was like, I don't know. Fucked up. She says, fucked up ain't a feeling. She says, how does that make you feel? Right, Think about right. it. How does that make you feel? I says, I don't know. Like shit. She says, like shit ain't a feeling. She she storms over and she grabs that thing, pulls the pin out, and she grabs that chat that, at the dentist. There's 14 feelings or something. Yeah, How yeah. are you feeling today? The sm- like emojis today. But, but the chart is yeah, as big like as me. Emojis. It's a six-foot-tall chart, and she slams it down on the table in front in, in front of everybody. And, like... Makes you pick out an f- emoji. Yes, yeah. but you know what? Wow. It all started there. I was about to get thrown on the turnabout. I told you the, how I was so lucky to even get right. there. With, right, like, and, and here I was about to get thrown out, and she confronted me, and I hated her. Right, I but, love her to this day. But that's the thing; me? like, yeah. you couldn't connect this and this. No. So what happened was, like Dan said, I picked one out. She says, "How does that make you feel?" She actually coached me through it. This yeah. is she was good at what she does. I didn't like yeah. her, and that's but that was it. They they took you and they basically fucked with you until you broke. Yeah, I don't right. agree or with you it, left. but it worked. Whether you whether you let whether you broke. Oh, you left. Yeah, and you know, I agree with it. That. Wasn't I, I think it's people would think that they're, they're breakdowns, but no, they're breakthroughs. Like because yeah. now you're just raw. You're 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 who you are. You know, all the bullshit and all the facade is well, gone. That's the thing we build up these facades. You know yeah, what I mean, and 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 it's and it's a uh, for protection for we think for we're being protected. But when when you're around people who are trying to help, the facade don't work. No, 
It's, but you can't. It's not something you can just drop because you think it it's is It's a survival you. mechanism. You think it is you. It's a you tool. Know? You're it's identifying tool. it as who you are. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want me to get rid of everything I am? Well, no, that's not who you are. You know what I mean? That's a facade that you've built up so that you can, you know, not have to face your feelings or not have to be honest with people, not have to be, you know, tell people about your emotions or that you're not feeling all that well today or that, you know, you think you you might not know what's cool or what's not cool. That's what's so dangerous you know about I mean? addiction was the facade. I'm sure that mine was very similar to you guys, but the facade and the, the ammunition and the life that I built up was... It stemmed from a traumatic event in the military, and I started using and drinking hot, like real bad, like with a vengeance. It wasn't about taste or having fun anymore. It was crazy. So right. When I got out of the service and come home, I was a fucking mess. Okay. I was 22 years old when I come home. I got sober at 29, so that seven years was a fucking horror show. Right. And what happened from 18 till that point at 29 when I got sober at Turnabout was I started to form all kinds of bad habits where I would um, I started to act like someone else and at, at 18 years old right. I wasn't even a fully developed me at that point you know right. I, mean? I was like still forming myself something traumatic happened and then I started to act like tougher than I really was I started to not talk about feelings I started to I didn't know how to, but, you know, I, I just started to act like someone. I was mean to girls. I didn't want to be mean. I never wanted to do the stuff that I did. I never, ever wanted to be that person. But I felt like I had to be to survive and keep people away at arm's length. I, I actually wanted people to think I was crazy to stay away from me as opposed mm, to, because where I grew up, was like, if you're not tough, you've got to be tough somehow. You better be tough with your mouth or your fists or something, you know, so... I, right. f- what, with, with the trauma, I just formed this uh, real, real nasty tongue, real, real sharp tongue. And I would just, people were like, whoa. And some of them may not have been like scared of me or think I was crazy, but I wasn't very pleasant to be around. Right. So, well, so, I kept, it so I can, kept people away. You know? It can feel good to, uh, to just unleash uh, cruelty with your tongue when, when, uh, when you have all that crap inside of you, you know it did, but it 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 did feel good at the time, but it really wasn't me. Like the real right. me, the real me is hey, this guy. I'm I'm a sensitive guy. You know, my sponsor tells me, Roy, that's a, you know that that that's a that's a merit. That's not a demerit. You know, that, right? That that's a good thing. Well, that's that's just it. If you if you if you uh, we're gonna deal with feelings. Then you're gonna. People are gonna think you're soft, right? And, th- and, and that's what it all came down to. Was I couldn't have people think this certain way, so I started to act this way, and, right. it, and it was killing me, man. It was, and yeah. I was using so many drugs and drinking, and just to keep to stuff that stuff down. I really was using this stuff like medicine, like to keep it down, right? And it ended up coming out. At some point, I actually told Chris I tried to deal with that traumatic event. Never said nothing to nobody. I started to deal with that event in a safe environment with like a four-person T group, you know, in turnabout. And I started to deal with it. And one of the fresh, punk mouth guys, just like me, in turnabout, was like, "Yeah, yeah, sure, you, you know." And I, he kind of hammered me with my stuff, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" I I tried to deal with the trauma, and someone hammered me with it. 
I just went right back inside. I went back inside with a vengeance. I can't believe I even got yeah. sober. And and oh really? Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. Like, you know, because when I when I seen you the other night over at that place is pretty cool. I, I mean, it's a beer garden, but uh, where was, we were standing, it was a big. It was a big movie screen for the yeah, kids. Yeah, there's there all some, kinds of stuff. There was something for everyone. If you drink, there's a bar. If you, yeah. if you, you know, want to watch a movie, if you want to play volleyball. Yeah, there was all kinds of stuff. Cream. It's it's wow. right night, right down the street from our house. And uh, they took, like, old storage containers and cut them open and yeah. made those, the, like, the buildings. Ice cream stand. Oh. Yeah, the, the Australian ice cream. Three out of great. the four things I would have loved. The ice cream stand, the movie, and... The, the grassy area or playing volleyball. Right. Just the bar I have. And there's no a surf deal. shop. Like, you can rent right. surfboards. Yeah. You can rent bicycles. It was, it was cool. It's pretty cool. It was really cool. Smart people. But I I said, this is perfect. You could come on. And uh, I remember you saying, you know, hold on. I got I to gotta look at my schedule because you're like me. I don't remember anything. So you looked at it. But you mentioned the PTSD group. I, I had just gotten. I had just finished Friday. I just finished a, a PTSD group, and this is something that I don't really talk about. This is something I don't talk about from the podium. This is something that's it's military. It, it started there, so they're the professionals with this. But stuff, also, know? there might be someone out there that is struggling because right. of the something similar. Right, and and, and, and you know, holding on all this long. I the want, reason I, I the reason I bring it up is because is because. A friend of ours, Mike Cavoni, he has his own podcast too. I, I forget the name of it, but uh, I'll post it in uh, the group, you know, because he addresses, you know, he was sober for a very long time and, and he still didn't feel right. right. So he did deep trauma work. And when and, you're sober a long time and you don't feel right, you start to. Yeah, you go through the steps yourself. and you're like, what the you're fuck? Like, why didn't, why don't I've, I feel I've better? Done the, I've done the steps. Yeah. With the AWOL with 50, 70 guys. 16, 17 out of the 25 years I've been clean. Yeah. And it's like, so why do I still not? And, you know, so I ended up, in 2010, I ended up getting some help through, uh, I'll, I'll mention it, it's called the Home Base Program. Okay. And what was happening was they started this in 2010 because guys were coming back from those two wars, like, oh, killing themselves. It was Absolutely. 22, 22 yeah, soldiers horrible. a day. I have a friend who lost really his bad. son. 22 well, soldiers son. a day. Young, suicide. young guys. So they started home base back then, and it was kind of small and just getting going. Well, here it is. It's 10 years older now. So they helped me out, outpatient. I went now, is that through, them. was it through the military? Where's home base? Uh, it, it, it's not. It's not affiliated with the VA, but someone had to do something. So right. it, it ended up being, it's kind of sponsored by, I don't really want to be incorrect here, but Mass General Hospital is like the top psychiatric hospital in the country. So Mass General, it's the doctors from Mass General that are running this joint. So if, if someone was there. looking for it, they could probably inquire at Mass General. Yeah, this commercial's on TV too. I mean, you can donate, you can buy a mask and oh the, some of the so, proceeds go to so so listen the red sox foundation is part of it too okay red sox foundation supports several different things and yeah this, helps, and this is it a, helps children, military it helps people with trauma yeah or, it's, it's ptsd focused trauma and uh so all these years i didn't it doesn't matter what it's from they'll help anybody well pretty much back in 2010 listen this is how nice they are I wasn't from those eras. I wasn't from OEF, OIF. I was from 1984 to 1988, which What's was peacetime. O- What's OEF? 
Operation Enduring Freedom. And oh, yeah, guys. Operation Desert Storm. Yeah, so yeah. guys from those two wars, it was horrible, so they started this thing. So I actually didn't qualify to be helped by this organization, but I went to the, I found out about it through a veteran's, a lady was helping me file a hearing loss claim or something, and, and, and the stuff came out. When with I, the hearing I, loss lady? With, listen, with the hearing loss lady, she, she, she's a lawyer who works okay. for herself, but she advocates for veterans. And if she helps them out, then she gets a little piece. Whatever. Oh, she's advocating you to get your treatment for your hearing loss. Yeah, she was helping me I file. See. What happened was in 2005 or six, I filed a hearing loss claim by myself. Guys, if you're out there, don't file a claim by yourself. Get right. help. Get help. So yeah. I did a horrible job with it. And I was pissed off when they said no. So I, I went to my town. headphones for right? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I went to my town, and the lady, the veterans agent from my town, said, "Hey, go see this lady." And this lady was from the VA out and wherever. She came down and she helped me with the hearing loss claim. This is how this is how uncanny this happened. I, I don't know if I ever would have went there, Chris Dan. I don't know if I ever would have talked about this stuff after what happened with Turnabout. Right. And I was buried it. I was I I was never gonna ever talk about this stuff for the rest of my life. What happened was she's helping me with the hearing loss claim. So gather this information, get this paperwork, do this. So all this paperwork that I gathered, once I seen some of the names on the paperwork. Oh, I, like I uh, your commanding officers and stuff? Well, some of the guys that I worked with. Oh, okay. I snapped and, and uh, really? I just couldn't control it no more. And, Broke and, down? And, and all this stuff comes out and she was just blown away because anger i'll be honest with you hearing loss claim is like it's not worth a whole lot of money or anything so she was helping me out with this minimal claim right and all of a sudden i just unleashed this tidal wave of stuff and she's just like whoa whoa, was it was it anger or sadness it was uh major depressive disorder type stuff and it was ptsd i didn't know it i didn't know it i mean i'm not that's not my field Right. So I'm unleashing this stuff on her, and she's just like, "Whoa, whoa, we got to get you to to talk to somebody." So she said, "Yeah, you, there's you this need a new program in Boston called Home Base Program. Go there." So in 2009, 2010, I went there, and I walk in the door, and and you know, I, probably over the phone, they you know they very clinical about it. So they decided to help me, and I believe they saved my life actually in 2010 because wow. because it was just real, real bad. Yeah. So I here it is ten years later, when I got hurt three years ago. I just the way it was handled. I'm not going to hammer anybody, but the way it was handled made me feel like that piece of crap that who gives a shit what happens to them. I snapped the way they handled it. I didn't get I didn't get paid for eight months, dude. I went to work every day. I went to work. I got hurt. You wanna you wanna not pay me? Okay, that's fine, but. The way I was treated, I couldn't help it. I didn't know what was going to happen, but the way I got treated, and then you're about to find me because I'm not at work, and I didn't get paid for eight months as a disabled vet, single dad, trying to raise a couple kids. I had to sell my truck to pay rent. I fucking snapped. Oh, I remember that. I I remember when you were going through all that. And Dan, I'm like multiple years sober. Tom, 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 I'm sorry. (laughs) All All these years sober. This is another thing, Chris, is... You know, when you're sober a long time, you think, I should, I should, I should. You yeah. should, should what? Yep. You know? well, how come they are? How come I'm not? So No, that ain't that so, ain't fucking life, man. So I needed to go back and deal with 
the initial stuff from 18 years old because when I snapped over getting hurt and not being treated like a civilized person, right. I fucking snapped. Yeah. So I went to the VA and, oh my God, you guys, check this out. I go to the VA, right? And I'm a little humbled where I had to check into mm-hmm. and check that out. Check this out. I walk in there, right? And on the ward, I was like, Andy, my counselor from Project Turnabout works on the ward. Really? Wow. I walked in there and he gave me this big hug. He says, Roy, you're doing the right thing. And I fucking broke down crying because I was going to lose my sobriety, guys. Yeah. I had a lot wow. of, I had a long-term sobriety and I was fucking going to snap and I was going to lose it. Yeah, yeah. So about, I went in there and I got what, help. The jumping off point. The jumping off point. This, yeah. Like, just because you've been around here doesn't mean that you can't still struggle and go through no. shit. Like, you didn't find out till years into sobriety that you needed to address this trauma. What was or, it really? What was it really? Yeah. What, what caused you to end up taking the path that you did, whether it be yeah. good or bad? So when you're, while, you're, while you're on this path, now you get this diversion over to turnabout, you know, which helped you now straighten out your life and not use drugs and alcohol anymore but there's still that but i still never feeling. dealt with it that, that's yeah, the that thing feeling you don't have, that you don't have i the know solution. i'm not right you don't have the solution that's that's helping you push those feelings down so yeah. now they come out that's yeah that's why like there's so many different components to permanent contented sobriety yeah, yeah. it's not just the steps it's it's treatment. It's it's well, yeah. addressing mental health. It's addressing trauma. It's you know your your it, it's your diet. Your diet is yeah. not just what you put in your mouth. It's what you're watching you on put, TV. What it's what you're consuming on the I computer. I got nutritional help at this place for two weeks. It's, I got fifty hours of clinical help in two weeks. Actually, in ten days because the weekend was to ourselves. Well, what in was ten days? What was the bulk of the treatment? Was it therapy? It was hardcore therapy. It was. Did you ever do any was, EMDR was, or anything? It was turnabout in fucking two weeks. Did you do any EMDR or anything like that? I didn't that? do that, but I, I, I am going to continue on with some uh, CTSP or C, CTP or what? Uh, like tapping? Yeah, co- yeah, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT. Well, the CBT and the CPT. And so I'm going to continue on with yeah. cognitive therapy because there was damage done. I mean, Absolutely. I, you know, and And... Now, you'll have a whole other avenue to help people. Yeah, that, right. that, I, that's true. I, I've been saying this a lot over the past year. The 12 steps, because a lot of my friends in the program are like, so where are you going? I was like, ah. I've told some people I was going on retreat, told some people I was going to the hospital, told some people I was going on vacation. This is something kind of personal. You know? right. I can't even believe I'm putting it out here on a but, podcast. But if it's going to help somebody, and that's the Chris thing. talk to me already right. Tom, about this. And that's and the so, thing. You know, if this stuff could help somebody not go all these years before sharing what really, like turnabout, yeah. turnabout has a saying, guys. What is it? Stay what's really going what's on? Really going what's on? really going on? Really going on? Oh yeah. And I was many years sober, and I finally. That statement meant more to you than it ever did in your really entire life. What's really going on, Roy? And, yeah. I, and this lady who didn't even know that, like. She was helping me with a low <laughs> with money, a, with a claim, claim for a loose hit hair. her with all this stuff because of the names I seen. Tom, it was right. like I nope, didn't expect. A closed it. mouth doesn't get fed. But well, then you try to put. Then I tried to put the toothpaste back in the tube, and 
Like, yeah. I, she's, <laughs> she's like, no, 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 I didn't mean to say she's, that. She's, she's like, you can't, you, you know, you got to deal with this, man. You, you can hurt Thank somebody. God. Hurt somebody, Thank God you know? for her. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's yeah. a lawyer. She she could have said, okay, Peggy, next. Peggy really right. helped me out. And got, yeah. She got me with the with the professionals with this stuff, which is home base. And so they helped me out in 2010. They got me correctly was, diagnosed. Was it all Got me group? in the VA system. They got me on meds. And I was good. I was doing good for quite a while. And, yeah. and then this injury and how it was handled, I fucking snapped. And I needed some more help. And I know that at 20-something years sober, I needed some more help. And right. it's like humble, whatever. Life still matter. happens. I don't man. talk about the stuff from the podium only because I don't. I, listen, AA and the 12 steps has helped me with 70 to 75% of my Absolutely. life. Absolutely. But, but there's a piece of this that mm-hmm. needed to go with the professionals. And it's not a friend in AA. It's Trump, traumatic, PTSD. Yes. People. These people had PhDs, man. And, and luckily, you know, luckily I learned this early. Like, I remember I was intern about. They suggest that we get uh, counselors, go to counseling. Go Not only outside. suggested, it's actually you can't move from step eight to step nine without outside counseling set up. You it, can't even graduate. It was, yeah, it was it was seek outside counseling, and you want to keep was, that mic a little closer. Right? I, I was still a little uncomfortable with sharing a lot of the stuff with people in in AA. Yeah, um, but what what gave me comfort? as fucked up as it was, was if I hear anything that I tell this lady from anyone else ever, I can sue the fuck out of her. Yeah. And, the, and, and, but that helped me. This that helped. Too. That what made me was, was, was made it was a catalyst to, to being able to share. Knowing stuff. that she legally can't share. Exactly. Stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So it was it mostly one-on-one at this program. Most of the hard work I had to do was one-on-one. But yeah. they had, it was fantastic. Because of COVID, the programs changed. I was supposed to go. Last December, I went there and went through all these tests and stuff. And, you know, not every, everybody's going to walk up and knock on home base's door and get in. It's, it's like a process, you know. So last December, I went through that process and I talked to, you know, psychiatrists and stuff. And I got accepted into home base. And I was, gonna, I was supposed to go in March. And then COVID just hammered the world. Yeah, and that place got shut down. So here it was shut was, down. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. They, they, they. they oh, to uh, reopen after some of the people got the flu and stuff, and in early March, and then all of a sudden, a couple of weeks later, COVID just hammered the world, and they mm. had to shut it down and clean the whole place and stuff. So I was in the first cohort, six guys that just went through it for the first time in four months. So it's all new. You know, they gave us tablets back in our hotel room. And for the first half of the day, we did a lot of therapy one-on-one, you know. And, uh, and that's where I did a lot of the work in my hotel room virtually with the tablet they provided because of they didn't want people in a room, you know, even if you're six feet apart in a room with a clinical psychologist, whatever. Right. Uh, they, they figured this is probably the best way to do this. So In the beginning, is very, very iffy. So the first half of the day was... Uh, a lot of classes. There was uh, Tai Chi, yoga, or stretching. There was a check-in group. And the first half an hour was like, "Hey, how'd you guys sleep?" A common theme was nobody was sleeping very well. And so, so messed up dreams. And stuff. Right, right. That stuff, you know, with with the interview we did with our friend Mike, who does all this stuff, that was the thing. Like moving your body because some of these things can get like 
stuck. You know, like you like, hold you hold certain yeah. like things said in earlier, different parts of your body. I got nutritional help. Yeah, it's I got, awesome. Uh, physical fitness help. Uh, there was several classes, Tom. Besides the one-on-one counsel, which was my favorite, that's where I really dug deep. And I, yeah, gonna go away from your kid for two weeks. Dump your stuff. I mean, yeah, right. Why go there and be fake? You know, so yeah. right. So I'd really let's go. Some let's go work. pay this therapist and lie to them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. listen, <laughs> if you're a veteran with PTSD and you get into home base, you don't pay right. for anything. So the, the very, very healthy meals—they're not gonna talk about nutrition and then feed you burgers you know this was very healthy meals uh this was such a healthy decision for me to make and for me to do and to go back that's there. awesome it is awesome the place is fantastic so in in two weeks time you get like 50 clinical hours so if i as a vet if you're a veteran out there and you're doing one-on-one counseling once a week for 50 minutes it's going to take you 60 weeks to, to, over a year, it's going to take you sixty weeks to get the treatment that you can get in two weeks. Here. Well, I think that that it's, it's a whole different process, wouldn't you think? You'd you'd, you'd it, go it for it's you'd go for one day in in a week, yeah, and and then in between the that and the next appointment, you'd have all these different experiences. You might yeah. be able, but if you're going daily, but you're, there's lots you're of not, guys you don't out let there it up. doing that, and like there's lots of guys and your friend that's doing the trauma coaching. Yeah. There's probably a lot of people out there doing one-on-one once a week. Yeah, and I, I don't think... Even I, if you're doing it twice a week, okay, 30 weeks it will take you. If you're seeing someone for two hours a week, it's take 30 weeks to get what I got in two weeks. Because I, there was other classes. There was amazing classes on the brain and like... Yeah, and that's the thing. Techniques on how to challenge these initial feelings and the initial thoughts that's what i love the most i've already caught myself several times yeah the last day there right guys you wake up on friday there's not much clinical in the morning and then you know you have a graduation and and you i'm checking out i just had two weeks of intense awesome freaking fantastic counseling and techniques and everything right in my brain i'm packing right I'm packing up in my hotel room, and my mind just goes right. It just automatically goes right to, you, you fucking idiot. What, what the fuck are you doing? You should have packed stuff last night. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like all this negative, negative self talk. Oh, just started yeah. fucking hammering me. I felt my temperature go up. I felt my heart rate going up, and I just says, no, 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 stop. That's one of the techniques that they teach you. Like, like, no, no, stop. Ch- challenge that. I, I, I'm sitting there in my room. I, I found myself like chasing my tail and walking back and forth. And this was so common, guys, in my life. I've done this a thousand times and ruined yeah. my whole yeah. day and other people's whole day. By bullshit between your ears. Yeah, man. That's right. So I caught it. I caught it. And I says, no, no, no. Most people that got a pack to go somewhere... Get overwhelmed a little bit. Just chill the fuck out. You're not stupid fuck. You're not <laughs> dumb fuck. Yeah, you, maybe you should have packed some stuff last night, but you're not any of this negative shit. Now, now let's go. And I coached myself through that, and it's like exactly what they were teaching you in this place. Wow. So, yeah, well, cool. the, the wow is like, I can tell you a thousand times how many people's day I ruined just from something like that happened in my life before. Right. It's like, I would rip people in. It's like, people yeah, had just, no idea. That just go about rage, your day being an your asshole. Kids. Yeah, yeah right, right, wife, whatever. <clears throat> well, exactly. what, you, what you tell yourself about a situation causes your emotions. Your emotions cause your actions, which compound 
you know, if you tell yourself shitty things about yes. yourself or something else, you're going to feel like shit. Yes. And then you're going to treat other people like shit. Positive affirmations and positive self-talk. Gonna, yeah. And if so you never get out of it. If you, if, you can be, if you can be humble enough to, you know, to just uh, give yourself a break. So, yeah, I'm just another bozo on the bus. Challenge the, challenge the initial thought and the initial feeling. Just challenge it. Is that accurate? No. Like that morning, no, right. it wasn't accurate. I, I, I've, I've been home for a couple of days now. Last Friday, I get out of there. Been home for a couple of days now, and I felt myself starting to slide back into some of the same old because I'm not working. Yeah. But, but I felt myself starting to slide back into some of the same old things. So, and I was able to like challenge some of that stuff. Listen, it's not a perfect science, guys. I mean, mm-hmm. two weeks isn't going to, you know, cure so you from PTSD. It's action. It's action. It's right. not going to cure you it's, from. All right, Your now, ailments. I remember when they were talking about this. Like, I remember so many times being sitting in meetings and hearing things, and it just goes, like, right over my head. And then I'm out in real life, and it's like, boom. That's what that fucking guy said, was talking about in that meeting that night. And it made no sense to me at the time. But then I cognitively thought about that's what that guy was sharing about. That's what that guy was explaining to us. Yeah. And at the time, I was probably like, oh, my God, will someone shut this guy up? You know, Looking at the clock and thinking yeah, yeah, about it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So many times <laughs> it happened. And, and, like, now you just have to keep – now, do they have, like, follow-up stuff? So they do. They have one of us one of us, like six, check-in. one of us six guys was in tough shape, and he – another thing I wanted to share – one of the mornings, right, I get up to get, I think it was breakfast. You, you get out of your hotel room, you come down, they're providing breakfast. You get your breakfast, you go up in your room, you're eating breakfast while you're doing your one-on-ones and stuff, right? It's pretty cool. Huh. Considering you can't be at the facility, so it, it was probably totally different if you could be there. The place is fantastic. So one morning I get up and I go down there. One of the guys that's in there with me, uh, his name happened to be John. Um. And I goes down there, and so now we're talking with the woman who's providing the meals. I says, hey, hey, how you doing? How's your day going? I says, oh, what do we got here? And I look out the window. Now, guys, we're in Charlestown. We're right on the wharf. There's $50 million worth of boats out there. Like, yeah. it's, oh, my God, it's an incredible area. Right. Yeah, very, yeah. very good area. So I look out the window of the hotel, and there's one of the guys, just like me, you know, with his head in his hand. And I just felt so bad for him, you know. And I, I was like, uh, I, I, I go out. She, she goes, yeah, John's having a bad day. So I went out there to talk to him, just like I would kind of hope that anybody would help yeah, me. Pull, pull somebody up. If I, yeah. if I got my head in my hand, you know, go help the guy out. So I goes out there and I talk to him. And I'm trying to talk him through his, like, major depressive issue, you know. And, yeah. and uh, another thing that they taught me, uh, taught us, I didn't realize it was about to happen. So, so I'm talking to him, I'm talking to him, and... You know, then he uh, then he starts getting into a specific scenario that's got him so majorly depressed, and and uh, and then he starts to starts to rev up, and he starts to get specific about details. And I was just like, I felt my heart rate go up, I felt my temperature go. Up. I says, John, stop, stop. I'm getting triggered here, dude. Hold on, dude. This is why they don't want us to do this. He says, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He says, Listen, you don't have to say you're sorry. But this is what they're talking about. When we go over to the facility, they don't want us talking about our specific PTSD because you can trigger someone else. And uh, like huh. you can you can flip out and hurt one of these ladies. Yeah, absolutely. Teaching, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know what these guys. You know, you don't know what someone has. 
seen or done or been through or right, what's happened right. to them. So so that was exactly what they were talking about. I actually experienced someone just just trying to say, hey, you okay, buddy? And then we're talking, and then he just starts getting very, you know, analytical about feelings and thoughts and stuff, and it just started to trigger me, and I was just like, whoa. Yeah. I said, this is why they want this done over there in the facility. I says, we got to stop. Let's go have some lunch, buddy. He says, okay, hey, thank you, man. I'm really sorry. I says, listen, you don't have to say you're sorry, but this is what they they want us to not get triggered by each other. So when we go over mm. there, we aren't supposed to be talking about specifics in the room. One-on-one with your counselor, you can get specific as you want, whether you've seen your buddy's head get blown off or you yeah, yeah, raped yeah. or whatever right. it was. Right. That's when you get specific, but you don't get specific in the actual room. So that's when, that, that's when I actually, aha. That's when I had the ah uh, moment. This is what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I started to get triggered by, by him telling us, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. And you don't think about that, you uh, know? Now, how many times that's probably happened in my life and I didn't stop it and I got triggered and I, I went out or, and ruined my day and everybody else's day? You know, yeah. I'm or, getting triggered. Man. Or you're sitting in a meeting and, and you trigger someone else. You yeah, see them fucking get up it. and leave and no one goes out there. And you don't know. Right. And you have no idea. And they go out and use. Yeah. Die. Yeah. You know, that's so. the thing. There's so much more than just doing step work yeah. to addiction. But well, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with step work. It, it, no, going, not, not at all. It's going back to the what's really going and, on. And, but there's also people that that's more than enough. That's right. plenty of work for them. Right. Not everybody in recovery and, has And that's trauma. the thing. We're all, right. We're all, we're all different. Right. You know, and, and I, don't, I don't know. I, I say it all the time. I don't know what the mathematical equation is to my recovery, so I try to never minus anything from it. Yeah. 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 Right. Always additions. I, I absolutely Add love to being it. so a man. Oh yeah. God. yeah and, and to start oh. at the same place for all of us, oh. you know? Yeah. That's when pretty, I seen that's him pretty and crazy. he asked me to come on, Tom, and I was trying to figure out who was this. this is? Once I seen you, I was like, ah. I, yeah. And he I, said, I, he goes, oh, you, Roy from Monday night? I'm like, yeah. Because yeah. I said, <laughs> your name. Like, I said, I Roy Morris. He's like, you. I, I forgot you were a tournament alumni. Yeah. Once I... Once I pictured it, yeah, I've been over there a few another. times. I've tried to get the uh, alumni meeting started I, back up. I had I had the book. I, I I was like, listen, anytime someone comes in here and they say they're from Turnbo, have them put their name in this book. But that's not. I I was in there with. Uh, we did an alumni meeting. It was one of the first ones. Bobby Fagan. Yeah. Oh, Bobby Fagan. They came in, Bobby. escorted him out. Yeah, and ever since he, they said it was because he had an energy drink. Ever since then, there was, there was there was residents with energy drinks in front of them. Ever since then, we had a hard time. I went, Whatever. I got, I got Brett to go back in there with me one time, mm-hmm. and he, I don't think he's allowed in there anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Something happened where he said something. I told, like, yeah, I like tell you the story? that kid speaks his mind. I ever tell you the story? I, I was, I went in there when it was newly opened. We've it's got to wrap this up in a yeah, minute. Yeah, we got to wrap it up. I, I went in there when it was newly opened. Phone was ringing. What would you do with the old turnabout if the phone was ringing? What would I do? Yeah, as as a graduate that went in there. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if it was, if it was ringing and you were standing there, no one else was around. Uh, I'd Project Turnabout. My, <laughs> exactly my, what I did. You know? I said, "Good evening, Project Turnabout. Can I help you?" It was the director. Who the fuck is this? Freaking out! I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this is Chris Mandeville, Project Turnabout alumni. Who's this? There's no <laughs> respect for alumni. And he him. told me, "Why are you answering the phone?" I said, "It was ringing." Like, just <laughs> normal answers, like, no one's here, it was ringing. I answered it. He was bullshit. 
somehow a couple days later he tracked me down. He's like, "Listen, I want to apologize because yeah. he because he, he was wasn't a, he was a normie. He wasn't one of us. And He's a normie. He was just you know oh, okay. they 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 fired Dan Bolin and they brought that guy in. Yeah, they hey Joe Rota, they had him driving the van. Joe, awesome. Joe Rota driving the van. I don't think they care one iota about the clients that they're doing. This is, so. Yeah, that's well, our, these are our opinions. Well, these are our these opinions. are our opinions, and it's also the industry, guys. It's, has, it's a business. It used it's to be business. about helping the addict. It's a thirty business. years ago, and now it's about yeah, it's a money. Business. It's, it's yeah. A, I was I went to the graduation and, where where I, like we waited. I was. In the house, and, and we had the move. We, we moved from Hingham to Weymouth, and I was waiting to walk the stage. Yep. They didn't have us walk the stage. I was the only one from the old house the gradu- at the graduation, and yep. they said, you can't speak. Um, yeah, because like, remember didn't the graduation, you had to wait a whole year. Yeah. If you, they had one graduation. If you didn't stay sober, if you completed after the graduation, you had to stay sober until... The next graduation, or you didn't, you weren't a graduate. And dude, I worked there. Yeah, I was overnight staff. Yeah, <laughs> crazy, <laughs> crazy. Wow. So, but anyway, we got to wrap this up. Yeah. So it was awesome to have you on. Yeah, Roy. it was Thanks cool a lot, to, Roy. That was to cool. go back. Yeah, it's the old PT man. Exactly where it all started. You know, yeah. I still use a lot of those things that I learned in that place yep. daily. What, what's really going on? Yeah, what's right me? Ask him how you doing. I'm okay. What's really going What's on? Really going on? <laughs> Ask him twice. Tell you face yeah. that. You know? Yes. <laughs> Say that all the time. Tell you face that. You all right right there? Yeah, you all right right there? What's really going on? Well, that's why I was on time, guys, because if not, yeah. You know, you pull it's your an early, irresponsible commitment irresponsible that I made to irresponsible Yes. Me. I'm giving you a verbal pull-up. I'm, oh. I'm very much way better with that kind of stuff that I got taught at 29 years old and right. caring about. Exactly. Yeah. 29. Either, either don't commit... And don't walk around Mr. Noncommittal to anything ever. Right. But I mean I learned, you know, just just don't don't say yeah to everything. Right. If you can't do it, say no. Yeah, say no. Say no. no. It's, it's, it's okay. okay. Be it's assertive. Okay. It's okay to say no. Be assertive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, thanks once again. Good time, guys. That was cool, man. Oh, uh, T, Teresa, Roy, my dancing friend. T? Yep. <laughs> uh, I love what's her. up? Mikey Egan. Roy's one of the people I have admired since day one. Love him. I, and yeah, right under Mike that, Egan. I said, Mike Egan, you're one of mine. Because, oh, yeah. hey, not for nothing, he remembered my name the second week I came there. Oh, that was that. the oh, biggest oh, thing ever. Pretty good. He's like, Chris, right? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> oh, I love that awesome. guy. Thanks, Great everybody, stuff. for tuning in. Yes. Please, we appreciate uh, you all. Like, share, subscribe. Subscribe, yep. LOLterms.com. LOLterms.com. For our audio podcast, we have a YouTube channel as well. Uh, we also have an Instagram, but the only thing on it is our logo. <laughs> Yeah, so we life can work on, life's on that terms, too. man. Yeah. Life on life's life terms on life's podcast terms. on iTunes or uh, Apple Podcasts. I should say Google yes. Play Store. All right, Spotify. Once again, another one in the books. Cool experience. All right. Peace. 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 Peace.